This is A is for Adversity, a podcast about curating your life stories to connect more deeply with others. Some stories may have Christian undertones, and all stories will involve a realization or transformation of some sort. I'm your host, Jen Banks. This is episode Q, Q&A part two. Before I get into the questions, I have a few quick things. First of all, the sponsor for the month of November is Temple Flakes. You can find out more about them by visiting their website, templeflakes.com, or on social media. These would make a perfect Christmas gift, or you could buy them for yourself and decorate your tree beautifully with LDS temples. They are $5 each, and they are made using a 3D printer. They are so gorgeous and symmetrical. Each of them have a unique design based on which temple it's made after. I ordered five of them for myself last year and can't wait to order more. The other thing I wanted to mention was this episode will air on Thursday, November 4th, which means that it is just one week until my live storytelling show. I really hope you have plans to come because it will be a night full of wholesome entertainment, prizes and giveaways, there will be a few vendors there, and just all around good fun. I'm so excited that it's in person and that we are still able to gather. If there's any way you can come, please come. Again, it's Thursday, November 11th at 7 p.m. at the Jordan Event Center in West Jordan, Utah. My six storytellers, well, I guess including myself, have been working really hard on our stories. We are excited to share them with you. Okay, on to the questions. Thank you so much to all of you who submitted a question. And my inbox is always open, so if you think of a question at any time, send it to me and I will save it for my next Q&A episode. It might just be an unpopular opinion, but I really enjoy when podcast hosts do a Q&A episode. It's usually different than the standard format, but you get a unique insight into things you may not have otherwise known. I sorted the questions into categories. First, I'll talk about storytelling because that's the theme for this season. Then I will talk about life and podcasting, then podcasting in general, and last of all, family life. I got quite the variety of questions, so I'm excited to share. First is with storytelling. The question says, what have you learned about yourself as you dive deeper into storytelling? I've heard some people say that storytelling is like therapy for them, and that's kind of how it feels like for me. It's making sense of my life and connecting portions of my life together that I may not have otherwise realized. I've also learned that I enjoy conversation. It's Interesting and fascinating to be able to find ways to make yourself a better conversationalist, and I feel like storytelling is a huge way to do that. I mention each episode that it's a way to connect more deeply with others, but it's also just entertaining and exciting when you hear someone tell a story. As social creatures, I feel like that's how we live and express ourselves, is telling stories to make meaning out of our lives and relate to others. Matthew Dix always says that he responds to the question his wife asks of how was your day through stories. I feel like that would be a much more engaging way to hear about someone's day. So I strive to do that myself with my husband. Okay, the next question says, what has been an unexpected outcome of doing homework for life every day? And just by way of background, homework for life is a strategy by Matthew Dix where you write down the most story-worthy moment of your day and keep a record of that. 
The reason he did that is because he felt like he was going to run out of stories. And so as he started looking for more, more came than he could ever hope to tell. I first heard about Homework for Life on February 5th, 2021, when Matthew Dix was on Jody Moore's podcast. That's when I started doing Homework for Life, and I have not missed a day since. I would say an unexpected outcome would be how it fulfills my need for journaling. I used to feel so guilty about journaling because I didn't do it often enough, and when I did, I felt like I had to catch up and record every single thing that had happened since the last time. So I feel like Homework for Life has taken off some of that pressure. I still journal, and I don't think Homework for Life can replace that, but I feel like it's a really good supplement to journaling. The next two questions say, what do you enjoy about telling a story, and what do you enjoy about listening to a story? I'm going to start with what I enjoy about listening to a story. What I enjoy about listening to a story is... When the storyteller is able to preserve surprise, sometimes in a story we know it's coming or we've heard this person tell similar stories or it's predictable. So I love when there's a genuine surprise and we didn't see it coming or the storyteller tells it in such a way that is just engaging. I also like when it's something I would not have otherwise known. For example, I've heard a flight attendant tell a story. I like historical stories when they're told well. Just anything that provides a window into a world I would not have known before or otherwise. What I enjoy about telling a story is reliving the moment. I feel like if something funny or clever or wonderful or hard happens to me, I want to share that experience with someone else so that they can feel what I was feeling. And the last question about storytelling is, would you ever consider entering a storytelling competition? The only one I know of right now is The Moth, and if you're not familiar with that, it's a storytelling organization across the whole world, and they have in-person events. Because of COVID, they have Zoom events where individuals tell a true story from their life, and there are judges who give them a score. These competitions are called Moth Story Slams, and you show up and put your name in a hat, and if your name gets called, you tell a story that night. A lot of people try several times before their name's ever called, and they just have a story prepared. Other people get lucky and probably don't even expect to tell a story, and their name is called. This is how Matthew Dix got into storytelling. His friends said he should go tell a story at the Moth because he had a very interesting life, and so eventually he got to a Moth stage, and he told a story. He's won several Moth Story Slams since then, and when you win a Moth Story Slam, you're then qualified to go to a Moth Grand Slam, and so all the storytellers there are those who have previously won, and so it's a competition with raised stakes, I guess. Another storytelling show that the Moth puts on is just called Moth Main Stage, and I was able to attend one of these just a couple weeks ago. When the moth visits Utah, they come to Park City, Salt Lake City, and Logan, Utah. So I went to a moth main stage in Logan, and it was called Between Worlds, and it was so fabulous, everything I ever hoped it would be. When I heard about the moth from Matthew Dix, I started listening to their podcast occasionally, and they're also on the radio. You can find the schedule online, I'm sure. With the moth, though, you have to be careful because a lot of their episodes are explicit, so I often skip over those. Anyway, I could see myself 
being in a storytelling competition if I felt like I had a story that was crafted enough, well-known enough, that I would be comfortable telling it. And as a side note, my storytelling show coming up kind of mimics the moth, at least the moth main stage, because I've chosen the storytellers ahead of time. They're prepared to tell a story. This is not random, but it's a way for us to just listen to other stories and be entertained by them. Okay, on to the next section, life and podcasting. How do you muster up the courage to try so many cool new things, like a podcast and a storytelling show? Sometimes I think I'm held back by fear of not being amazing at something new, and you seem so awesome at overcoming that. Well, I would say that Matthew Dick says, you'll never get good at something if you're not willing to suck first. So I know for sure that my podcast is not the best, but I do know that I am getting better. I'm improving. And so that gives me encouragement. And also my desire to have things participate in things, host things. I feel like that outweighs my fear of doing those things. I visualize the kind of person I want to be. And I just want that so much that I'm willing to go through the hard. If I could go back to college and get another degree, it would probably be in business and public speaking and something along those lines. The next question in this section is, how do you balance being a mom and wearing so many hats? For example, work, church, social, and other obligations. That's a good question. I recently joined a second book club and one of my friends was asking me how I find time to read. And I said, well, I kind of rotate through things. For a few months, I'm a reader. For another few months, I'm really healthy and active. For another few months, I host a lot of events or do a lot of family things. I feel like my life kind of goes in cycles. Of course, there are many things that I'm doing at once, but I feel like I let one priority kind of take my free time for a time. (laughs) This month, I've been working on Halloween costumes, so I've kind of been using my free time to do that. Okay, the next section is podcasting in general. The first one says, where do you get your inspiration for your podcasts? I feel like I'm one who loves to talk, so there's always something to talk about. Also, as humans, we're always learning, so there's always something new to share. For my first season, it was easy because I already had my sections of my quote book outlined and I just followed that. For this season, I would just always have storytelling on my mind. And as soon as I thought of something that fit or found a guess that would work, I would just put it into the next letter and just keep going as I was inspired. For next season, I've already been getting ideas about empowerment. And so I've been putting those to letters as I think of them. The next question is, how has being a podcastian, a podcast host, that person made that word up, changed your life? I feel like it hasn't super changed my life yet. I'm still waiting for that to happen. You know, maybe one day I'll be big and famous. But for right now, it mostly has just added another hobby into my life and something to do when the kids are in bed or an outlet for speaking or a platform to talk on. It's definitely fulfilling some needs, whatever they are. The next question said, what is the funnest part of doing a podcast? I think the funnest part for me has just been meeting so many new people. I've been connected with a lot of new guests and been able to catch up with old friends. 
and hear their insights and share those with the world. I've said many times before that everyone has something to share and it's so true. I love talking with others. The next question said, what are blessings you've seen from doing a podcast? Well, I know that whatever we focus on improves or enlarges in our life. And so as I've looked for aspects to share, I feel like I've been able to be more aware of those things in my life, whether it's gratitude or finding the humor in things or finding the positive side of adversity. It's really helped me to channel that focus. And the last question in this section was, what time of day do you usually record the podcast? This varies. If I'm doing a solo episode, it's often between 9 p.m. and midnight. If I have a guest on the podcast, it depends on their schedule. But lately, I've been doing my interviews in the morning. And then I try to either edit them right then or when my son's at preschool or else I edit them again at night. So I'd say primarily at night is when I do them, except when I have a morning guest. Okay, the last question was family life. Kind of cool that people are interested in my family life, but also kind of out there. The first question was, what is your favorite thing about being a wife or mother? And this person says, I would also add least favorite, gotta be real. (sighs) My favorite thing is, especially as my three-year-old gets older, is just having someone to talk to and relate to, a little buddy. He admires me, he listens to me, at least for now. And so it's just really fun to just kind of lead him around and show him the world and play and forget worries for a time. My least favorite is when I am so tired and I don't want to parent, but nobody else can do it for me. I just have to step up and do it. I'm so tired, but the baby's crying or I'm so tired. I don't really want to play your three-year-old game right now, but I will because there's no one else around. Okay, the next question is, what are the differences you've noticed so far in your two boys' personalities and temperaments? I haven't noticed a ton so far just because my youngest is still only 10 months old, but my youngest has definitely had to learn to be more independent just because I do have a three-year-old and sometimes I have to take him potty or I need to get him lunch and so the baby just kind of has to fend for himself for a little while, so... My baby knows how to put his pacifier in by himself and he has been able to for months and months and my oldest never learned how to do that. We would always just go put it in for him if he was crying in the middle of the night or we'd just be right there to get it for him. So that's kind of been nice for my youngest is he he figures out how to do things by himself because he has to. We thought my oldest was an easygoing baby and he was, but my youngest is even more so. He just It's pretty good for the most part. He just cries when he has a problem. And so that's really easy to determine. If you put him down to bed and he's tired, he just goes right to sleep. If he cries, then you know there's a problem. You fix it and then he just goes right back to sleep. So we'll have to see as time goes on. And the last question kind of goes along with that. It says, how do they play into your family dynamics? Well, of course, my older one is used to being an only child. And so he's still working through that jealous phase of... If I have to do something with the baby, he has to be patient, and he doesn't always like that. Um, I guess same goes with the baby, like I said, but he has learned a little bit more resilience. My youngest really loves to laugh. He laughs at animals. He laughs at funny faces. He laughs when you walk in the room. So that's 
been fun because he really adds some more joy to our life and just helps us to remember to laugh along the way. This has been so fun for me. Thank you for providing the questions. And if you didn't like it, well, thanks for listening to it. And there will be a different episode next week. Please remember to share this podcast or rate it wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you as always for your support. If you'd like to pitch your story for the podcast, or if you want more storytelling strategies, contact me at jenbanks16 at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at jenbankscoaching.com.